Hello, I'm Dr. Kimberly O'Brien, a child psychologist, entrepreneur, and mum with a passion for problem solving and family adventures. Join me each week for practical tips and on-air consultations with the smartest, kindest parents and their incredible kids. Find answers faster, do things differently, and take your family further. This is impressive. This episode is sponsored by brightchild.com. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome to Impressive. I'm so glad you could join us today, mostly because I get to talk to some really inspiring people. We have Zach, who's eight years old, and Lan, his mum, Lan Moo, who are joining us to talk about Zach's impressive uh, awards as a public speaker. Uh, the family were originally from East Timor. Lan came across to Australia as a refugee, and she tells us a little bit about that and mostly around her philosophy as a parent and how she has raised her children to have such an incredible community around them. So without further ado, I'll let them talk more about their achievements and how they made that happen. This is Zach and Lan Moo. Thanks for joining us. Well, my father um, likes to share stories with us all the time about, you know, the hardship that they went through. We, the um, well, war broke out in 1975 mm-hmm. um, when Portugal that used to rule Timor moved out. And so then there was a bit of a struggle for power. So there was a bit of unrest in 1975. I was only a year old mm-hmm. when Timor got invaded. So father packed up the seven of us, mm-hmm. me being the youngest, and we went to cross the border to West Timor, which is governed by the Indonesians. Mm-hmm. And we stayed at a refugee camp mm-hmm. for about 18 months. The conditions were quite harsh. Um, you know, people got sick. We were poor. Food was scarce. We lived in tin sheds until we processed the paperwork to go to Portugal. Oh, so then wow. we went after that, yes, and we were migrants at Portugal. And the Portuguese government looked after us for about seven years we spent in, um, in Portugal, most happiest years. Wow. And then from there, yeah, the um, Australian government opened up the humanitarian, um, I think, gates where, um, you know, if you have a, a member living in Australia, you were able to sponsor a loved one from overseas. So then my auntie did the paperwork and we came and the rest is history. Yes. And, and then, what, yes. what about Zach? When, when was Zach born and um, Zach, what was he like yes. when he was a baby? Okay, Zach, what he is now is just what he was like a baby. He's just placid. Still doesn't like his veggies very much, but we do make him eat it. And he knows that he has to have veggies so that he can grow and, and have all the nutrients that he requires. But, <laughs> but a good listener always. Zach always sticks to the rules, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach is a rules man. Yeah. So, yeah. So if, you know, like, um, like say for example, like this morning I had to take him to school and he'll be like, you've got 12 minutes, mum. Wow. You've got yeah. five. Like, yeah. So the countdown's on, he's always got his watch. See? So Zach is a, a, he is, is a timekeeper. Yeah. Yes. Keeps an eye on his watch all the time. And he reminds me all the time. Yes. So mum, you know, we've got swimming. Can you please hurry? Wow. Doesn't like to be late. Zach, have you got any tips for other kids your age, like around um, time management and how did you get so organised? I don't know. I just feel like it, like when my mum, when my mum and dad got me a watch, I wanted to use it so that they wouldn't, I wouldn't waste their money. And Uh now I am organised with this, with my watch. And you're addicted. I'm addicted to it now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. So that was the best present. I think getting a watch 
for Zach, I think it was last year or the year before. Last year, last year. Last year. I think that was the best investment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that age, I think by eight, I think they can um, read the, the watch hands and can understand. Mm-hmm. And just at school, I think, just to look at their watch and say, look, I'm doing my work and in 10 minutes' time, the bill's going to ring for lunch. So I need to hurry up and finish or especially getting ready for soccer training because the father's always to the minute. So uh-huh. as soon as the father pulls into the garage, Zach knows that he has to be ready. So he'll look right. at his watch and gives himself that 10 minutes to get ready. Great. Yes. Super in the morning, he, oh, he is, he is. And the mornings are great because, I mean, when you're rushing and you're upstairs and he's downstairs, I know that the timekeeper will start yelling, 10 minutes! Yeah. Five minutes, and I know I have to get my, you know, things together. Yeah. Or he'll yell up and goes, "Don't rush! You've got twenty-five minutes. Take your time." I love it when he says that. <laughs> I love that. It sounds mm. like a real role reversal because often it's the parents that are saying, "Come on, we've got five minutes," and the kids that are, Absolutely. you know, running along and trying to keep up. But Absolutely. I love that scenario where the kids are like yeah. keeping track of time. That's it sounds it. like it works for That's both. It. That's right. And Kimberly, remember how I mentioned how when he won the state, I said to him, <laughs> what would you like? It's yours. I was That's hoping right. for something not too expensive. And he said, I would like a Garmin watch. And I just, absolutely, you can have whatever you want, which Garmin you want. And the only one that could fit him was the, um, adult, the, one. the adult one, but it was like a small version of it. Uh-huh. And then he started doing his stepper. So he'll do his, um, so he's got a goal that we set up for him. Uh-huh. So if first yeah, so what was the first day? It was about 10,000? 5,000. 5,000. And then increases up. To about 10. About yeah. And then he'll try to meet his goals every day. So he'll come home and he goes, Mummy, I've got 100 steps to go to make five. So he'll do the 100 and he, and he reaches five. And then the fireworks will come on and he'll get really happy. And then a month after it will be like 10,000, 15,000. So, mm-hmm. so I think that was, that was really good. And it had a, a hook on it. So he always was on time for everything. Yes. And at the same time, he'll do his, um, you know, his steps. And, and that was his goal. And he used to look forward to it every day at the yeah. end of the day. And I think it was, his, it was very much, um, you know, like it motivated him mm-hmm. to do a lot of things. And, and he wanted to do it for swimming, but it slowed him down. We thought, nah, take it off. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, fact, so. You know how you're like an amazing all-rounder. How did you manage yeah. to achieve so much? in such a broad space, like rather than just focusing on one thing and doing well in that, how do you manage to stretch yourself across academics, sports? Um, my my mum and dad, they push me to do like maths, science, English and that. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he tells me to do like soccer so that I can be fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you find time to have friendships and uh, have fun with all those other things going on. Do you go to parties all the yeah, time? No, not that much. When you get to invite. Yeah. Did you, did you want to tell Kimberly you went to a birthday? I went to the a birthday in like on Sunday mm-hmm. and I liked it. It was ice skating and I skated really fast and I didn't fall down. Wow. That's, that's another talent that you have. Do you have big goals for the future as well Zach are you like thinking oh I want to do this and that or do you just yeah. live very much in the here and now I want to do like swim in the Olympics to uh-huh. beat like Ian's record uh-huh for, okay 
200 meter freestyle in one minute 45 seconds whose record yeah. was that did you say i missed it ian thorpe's oh gotcha okay swimming champion have you ever met ian thorpe no not yet hmm, but he's one of your role models yeah yes it's about children speaking about things that they can relate to and i find that when you help them with the speech get them to give them give their input and their understanding of a particular story that matters to them yes. um with all my children's speeches i always say to them write from your heart and they can write pages of doodles and things like that but then in the end you can pick about four or five lines that really do have an impact and then you you focus on those and then you say tell me more how does this apply to you in your life and things like that and and we go from our speech like that and it becomes really funny because then they talk about their experiences I think leading up to the first competition is probably when the kids practice the most okay. because they've got to actually learn the speech yes and then from once they learn the speech and do it in front of the teacher to get picked for the school to represent the school and go to the zone by then they know their speech by heart and these kids it's a two minute um a three minute speech and they've got photographic memories because it's their story they know most of the words by heart anyway Psst. it's dr kimberly o'brien here i thought i'd just let you know that i love nothing more than speaking to parents and children from all around the world so if you'd like to set up a Skype or a Zoom call, I am really keen to help you brainstorm solutions to whatever issue it may be impacting on your young person at home or at school. Please just go to the Quirky Kid website to make your own appointment. That's quirkykid.com.au to make your own appointment and I'll speak with you soon. No, Len, how did you feel as a parent when he was the winner? What did you do and how did you feel? Oh, my goodness. It was amazing. You know how your body just freezes and because, and you think, oh, look, in your head, you do rank the kids, you know, as uh -huh. they go. Yeah. The yep. prepared speech. And then you do rank them as they do their impromptus. Look, I'm not trying to be biased, but Zach was pretty high in my rank. And, <laughs> um, and then when... I announced his name we were like oh it was just shock you know to win yes. something in New South Wales that's amazing he was only eight years old he was I think one of the youngest competitors yes, yes. what did he do was he, was he, um, um, he, he I said to him I said um how did you feel and he goes mommy I knew I won and I said what do you mean <laughs> he said um he said I just knew mommy I had a good feeling because I spoke with my heart do you have any family rules that you stick to or family meetings that you, um, you know, come back to or things you revise or you pretty much stick to the same routine and, and rules that come from that? I think I stick to the same routine and rules. I mean, once in a while when they all muck up, we all sit down and then, you know, you've got to say, listen here, I'm really tired today. And today you both, you know, like I'm crashed, like I'm tired. This is what's happened. You know, I hope it doesn't happen again. You'll find that with Zach's age, being the nine, he'll sit there and nod and go, okay. But the teenager, you look at him, he's looking at you and staring back at you and you're thinking, oh, you know, you, you, know, you do have your breaking points and you think, oh, you know. Psst. I'm just ducking in here. It's Dr. Kimberly O'Brien to let you know about Quirky Kids Performance Psychology Program for children aged 7 to 12 years. The program is called Power Up. So it's performance psychology, helping kids to perform in things like exams, dance performances, 
or a musical presentation of some sort, anything that involves a performance, kids are often quite anxious. And the Power Up program teaches them how to overcome their anxiety by having a plan. If you'd like to find out more about Power Up and about how we adapted this program that is typically used for adult athletes into something that's user-friendly for children, please go to quirkykid.com.au. That's Q-U-I-R-K-Y-K-I-D.com.au and find out more about Power Up. Is there anything else that you can think of that's really contributed to Zach's confidence and his sporting abilities and his academic success? You know what? I think role modelling is really important. I think um, having role models to look up to. I know Zach, is, he's been, like I said, he's been so fortunate to start kindergarten and then have his older brother, his cousin in an old, a much older year and, and another cousin in year six mm-hmm. that participated in the leadership program so he can see all that from kindergarten and feel protected and and see what they do for the school and you know and he'll look up at me and he'll say one day mummy I'm going to be what Ryan is the house captain of the school or um Charlton's the school SRC leader and I want to give it a go will you help me write a speech okay by the time you know you can I think you can write your own speech you know yeah you know like I think he's got good role models he's always had that and I think even with the swimming or the cross country or anything Zach does in public speaking, he's always had the older cousins to look up to mm-hmm. and the brother, the older brother to look up to. And I think he just basically just follows, you know, in their footsteps. I think it's really important. Yes. Um, he's very lucky in that sense. And I think that's why Zach has done so well in all areas of school and even socially I think because he's always had you know the cousins and the brothers to protect him I think he's always had that to guide him I think yeah and even like when he's at soccer or whatever and he'll do something silly like you know a, a, a typical nine-year-old child would do and one of the cousins you can see the cousins going up to Zach and go I don't think you should be doing that Zach da, 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 uh-huh. you know he'll yeah. come back and he'll go oh um Kenan said that I shouldn't have done that maybe Kenan is right yeah you know because I could have hurt myself or like he, he's very lucky in that sense. He's always had someone to look out for him and, um, and guide him, I think. And, um, and, and, and with myself and my husband, you know, you know, I find that, you know, sitting down with them every night, you know, having dinner, no electronics, that's the rule, dinner time, no TV. We sit down, we have a meal, we have a bit of a chat. And then what about choosing a high school? Have you been, you know, tossing up academic versus sporting high school or, or is it just following the cousins and the brother to do the same kind of path? Or has that been another big decision to consider? It's a, it's another big decision. Um, I mean, my, my oldest child, um, Charlton, goes to the um, a Catholic school, which is across the road from my house. Uh-huh. Um, both my boys, I think academically, they could have gone, set down a selective school test. And, and I think they would have done, I think Charlton would have done well. But at the end of the day, I think the well-being and just the mental um, health of your child is important. I think there's a lot of pressure out there in terms of um, tutoring and things like that. In my community, tutoring is like you'll find that I've got eight siblings in my family and you'll find that seven out of the eight have got their kids tutored. Um, I don't believe in that. I mean, my husband and I both came to Australia as refugees and, you know, we both went to an ESL school where we learned English and intensive English. Mm-hmm. And from there, we, we managed to go to university and, and, and get jobs yes and I think my children 
I'm so lucky to be born in Australia and to be raised and, and have that support with my husband and myself where they're quite lucky that we can help them in terms of their homework. But in terms of going to an academic school and things like that, I think, I think you're better off taking, put them into a school where you're able to get to them. Like it's not, if like say if there was a big severe thunderstorm, whatever, I know my child is only five minutes away and they know that I can get to them. And, um, and I think schools now, I mean, the precious, I mean, my son's in year eight and it's not a selective school, but he's just got so much homework. It's a lot going on for a little teenager. Mm-hmm. And, and there are days where, you know, five minutes past three, he's walking across the road with his cousin and his friends. And I think I've made the best decision because he's laughing, he's smiling and he's home within five minutes. Yeah. He just wants to dump that school bag, get that ice cream out in summer and just sit in front of the TV for a little bit or, or you know, yeah. and have a bit of a kick with his cousin in the backyard. Yeah. And then start his homework. And I think it's a lot of pressure there. And I think with Zach too, I think I'll be doing the same. You know, I don't, I think if you were to put your child into doing a selective test, you know, you're competing with the best and, and, and and these kids have been tutored since since kindergarten. And, um, you know, Zach's like, there's no way I can do that test. I mean, they get that problem solved within five seconds and it takes me a, a minute or two. I think that competitive environment, I think it's, I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it's good for, you know, for their self, I don't know, for, for you know, self-esteem. Yeah. I think it would be hard. I said to my kids, you do your public speaking and, and you love it. But when you go into these composition, I mean, you're a winner already. It doesn't matter if you win or you don't. You've been selected from your class. That's, that's a big thing, you know? Yeah. Of a school, like 800 kids, you've done well already. It just doesn't fall off the sky. You've got to work for it. You've got to earn it. And yeah. when you've earned that and you know you've put in that effort, I said, it's yours, buddy. And that feeling, how does it feel? I said to Zach when he won, I said, how does it feel, Zach, that you earn that, that trophy, you earn that trophy because you put in 10 minutes of your day every day. And he said, mommy, it feels amazing. I said, there you go. <laughs> And that concludes our interview with Zach and Lan Moo today. Thank you so much to Lan for sharing how she's created such a humble and down-to-earth yet high-achieving young boy in Zach. And also to Lan for sharing the details about the Timor community and how she has brought everybody together so that Zach has some great role models in his cousins at the same school and she's close enough to be there if, um, if the boys need her such a great story and also i'd love to thank you for joining us here on the impressive podcast if you'd like to find out more about the podcast or have a look at those show notes you can go to quirkykid.com.au that's q-u-i-r-k-y-k-i-d.com.au forward slash impressive or you can join us on our facebook community if you search impressive You'll find us there and that'll be a great opportunity to interact with other purpose-driven parents. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week. I'm Kimberly O'Brien and this was Impressive.